content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. So, if you happen to have your 13-year-old listening in... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spiritually Raw. Thank you, thank you, thank you, April, and I would love to thank you so much for coming back and uh, tuning in with us every week here at BBS Radio. I'd like to introduce also to our uh, producer, Juan Carlos. Uh, he's playing with the buttons back there, as you can hear. And, uh, you know, he's the one who keeps the show together. And we also have commentating with us, as always, Coach Sarge Brown. So welcome to the show, everybody there. And you can and check this out. You can, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can find us here on BBS Radio every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Standard Time and Anchor FM. And if you want to be a featured guest, submit your request at spirituallyraw.com. So, and make sure to, uh, you can follow us at Facebook at Spiritually Raw. And for those of you uh, radio entrepreneurs who want to find out, hey, you know, how do I do this and how do I get it into that? Uh, how did I get in that world and have my own show? You know, we have a private group on Facebook. It's called Secret to Radio Riches. So just go ahead and uh, click on that and submit in your request to be part of that. And uh, I'm sure. You know, if there's nothing crazy that you got going on, we'll approve you. So it'll be all good there. So anyway, uh, April, who we got up today? Uh, today's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? We have to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving because it's the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's six people. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Yeah, it is going to be good. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing, turkey. I'm so looking forward to it. Cranberry yeah. sauce. I'm already, I'm like so ready. Mm, I'm already hungry. Oh, yeah? Yes. Just, we can go to a diner. And, well, they're, they're have, they have them here every day. They have them every day of the year. Diners have it's turkey and stuffing. It's just not stuffing. the same. It is to the same it's thing. So it's just that they, the they, they market it differently. It's, it tastes the same. Mm, mm. Oh, it is not the same. Oh, Thank on. you, Sarge. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whatever, whatever. All right, let's, let's, more importantly, let's talk about our guests. All right. All right. We have two great guests today, Gabrielle Cardo Cardona, and she's a business coach specializing in personality profile and profiling and communication coaching. First up, though, we have Carlisle Toms. He's an award-winning author. He grew up gay, Jay, in the rural fundamentalist community of the Ozarks in the 1960s. I can't even imagine. At the age of 16, he contemplated suicide after a minister, this is horrible, who baptized him into the church, gave a sermon which said, the sin of homosexuality is worse than the sin of murder. Carlisle's novels are about people who are struggling with trauma, abuse, and bullying. His second novel, The Calling Dream, it will be released in the upcoming weeks. You know what? It's about Jay, a backwards preacher from o Arkansas. A so. backwards preacher from Arkansas. Yeah. We got some tongue twisters. <laughs> a backwards preacher from Arkansas. Okay, all right, right on, everybody. So let's welcome Carlisle to the show. Hello. Hey, Carlisle. How are you, brother? I'm good. Glad to be here. Thank it's you. Glad. It's oh, really great so to have you to here. Have you. It's really great to have you here. So, you know, you went through mm -hmm. something here growing up that was, uh, you know, wow, in the 60s. I can only imagine there. So you grew up in a gay, in a rural fundamentals community in the Ozarks, and you know, had, that had to be hell. I mean, what were they trying to do? Did they, did they try to, like, pray the gay away from you? Like, what was that like? Um, well, not so much that. It's just that it wasn't spoken of, and you didn't tell anybody. I, I never told anybody till I was in my 20s. So, you know, you just didn't admit 
those things in those days. When did you know? I mean, when mm. you were growing up, so you said you didn't ever uh, tell anybody until your 20s, but when <laughs> did you know that you were okay? This when, is I'm attracted I was, to same sex. When I was fascinated with uh, those guys changing into muscle men in their overalls and watching Little Abner in 19, what, 65? Yep, all right. Okay. So pretty earlier on, I would imagine. About 10 years old. Yeah, so did your parents have any inclination? And how did they feel about it if they did? They did not have any inclination. It was after I graduated graduate school, I had a cousin who was lesbian and we didn't find out about that later and she committed suicide and uh my grandmother just basically brought it up after sandy committed suicide and just kind of said i love you no matter what she didn't say anything didn't bring up anything just said let me know that it was okay with her did sandy commit suicide because of the stress of just you know her her lifestyle that, that was part of it. In in my book, uh, The Gulls Are Always Laughing, a poetry book, there are a couple of poems about her suicide uh, in there. One of the things that she had done is she had moved from southern Missouri to Sacramento to just get as far away as she possibly could because her family was trying so much to control her. Mm. And so she mm. she just got away as far as she could. And I don't know exactly what happened. I just know she or her her partner called me one day and said she walked into the living room, said, what's the use, and pulled the trigger. Wow. Oh, my oh, man, that's heavy. That's really heavy there. Wow. Did, heavy. With, your, with your parents, did they, you know, when you, in the 20s, when you came out and you started making that, okay, this is who I am and this is the sex I'm attracted to, how were they with you, your parents? They, they surprised me amazingly. Now, here, here's the deal. I was raised by my grandparents. My mother was killed when I was five years old, and I didn't have contact with my father until he had written. My father had been a POW in Japan in World War II, and he had narrated a book about that, had autographed it to my mother. This was when my mother was in California, and she came back to Arkansas. And I don't know the whole story, but, but I was able to contact my father at the age of 18 by writing the publishing company of that book. And so my grandparents raised me rather than my parents, and my dad struggled with it. I didn't tell him until after I graduated graduate school, had my master's degree, and my, my grandparents surprised me. It's like when my cousin, it became known all over the family that my cousin was a lesbian. My grandfather said, well, I guess she won't get pregnant out of wedlock then. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so grow, grow they up- actually surprised me. Yeah. So growing up fundamental, fundam, fundamentalist, how did that affect you? I, well, it's one of the reasons that spirituality is so important to me, I think. And, and I struggled with it. I struggled between that, the church and uh, who I was. And this is a lot of this is addressed in the calling dream in the novel. In some ways it's, it's, autobiographical, but in other ways, most of the ways it's not. This is about a backwoods preacher who is heterosexual, who has a fetish and a compulsion to seduce women. And and he struggles with this, but, you know, here he is a preacher and he becomes a famous televangelist. And the more famous he becomes, the more in the spotlight he becomes, but behind the scenes, he's tormented 
by his his sexual urges that he feels like he can't control. And so, real quick, I just want to because I, I want to address that and, and kind of back up a little bit. And uh, this struggle that you talk about between, um, I guess you could say, what is believed to be right and what believed to be wrong, uh, because that's where it's coming from. Um, do you think that that's the same struggle that you've had throughout your life and to include your cousin who had the same struggle uh, mentally with this uh, major conflict of not what just society say, but what um, the belief that they've heard as a fundamentalist, um, as a believer? Yeah, that, that you're so totally wrong for being who you are. And th- that was the conclusion that I finally came to with my, my searches on spirituality is that who I am is not a sin. What someone does is a sin, and nobody gets through life without sinning. And so, <clears throat> so do, you, do you believe that people are born genetically gay, or is it a decision that they make? Well, you know, if it's not genetic, well, let's look at this. You learn the English language in the formative years of your life, the first three years of your life. Human beings are the only creature on Earth whose brain will double in size after we're born. Half of all the neural pathways are formulated in the first three years of life. So if during that first three years something occurs, like learning the English language, that sets a person's sexual orientation it would be the same as growing up. If you, you imagine going to learn French, if you've never spoken French, you'll always be more comfortable speaking your native tongue. You may be able to go and live in France and you may learn French, just like there are a lot of gay people who get married and play the role, but that's not really who they are or how they feel. You know, from your spiritual point of view, mm-hmm. do you believe any of this is connected to past lives? So maybe someone was just, was just reincarnated or, you know, into that? I haven't haven't really thought about that, but I met people in college who who very much believed in past lives, uh, and I'd had some past life regressions done. One of the things that, going back to the fundamentalist, my uncle told me that I was going to go to hell because I chose a Presbyterian college. Mm-hmm. Going to that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and going to that Presbyterian college was the best thing that ever happened to me because I met people from all over the world. I met people from all kinds of diverse backgrounds, and Presbyterians are generally pretty cool about things. And so I met people who I met people who were Wiccan, I met people who were Muslim, I met people who were Buddhist. And I just began opening myself up to say there's more to this than uh, just the idea that because we say it, you have to listen to it and do it. And I finally came to the conclusion that the one who tells you that you are not allowed to, qu- to question is the one you need to question most. Well, do you think they themselves who are saying that are hiding something very deep within their own some of them maybe, and and I, you know, the the Bible says narrow is the way, and few there be that enter therein. And so, one of the things that means to me is that some people figure it out, and some people don't. Why do my you? My grandmother think- 
and and my aunt were both wonderful, very spiritual, beautiful people in that same church, and they didn't judge. Why do you now, think? I, I gotta go ahead. Yeah. Go why ahead, do, Why do you think that religion has taken such a a stance on this belief that if you are attracted to the same sex, that equates to you burning in hell? I don't know that, except that it's kind of been a thing in Judeo-Christian culture for thousands of years that you're not supposed to be anything but heterosexual. And there's such rigidity on sexuality going thousands of years back in that particular culture. So would you say, okay, and, and, and I, I know this is a hard question here, um, where according to the Bible, probably in Jude, um, where it talks about the immorality of men being with men and women being with women. So are you saying that the Bible is not true when it is talking about that or that somebody just made that up and put that in there? The Bible is a collection of hundreds of different ideas, and if you look at the Bible, there are areas that, con that contradict other areas of the Bible. And that whole idea that you have to take everything literally doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, I joined a church, I joined Unity Church when, when I lived in Little Rock, and the minister of that church did a sermon about David and Goliath. And Unity, rather than uh, interpreting the Bible as literal interprets it as metaphorical and metaphysical. So he did a sermon about David and Goliath and, and that Goliath represented fear and it only took one pebble of faith to bring that fear down and that that was the true message of the story. So do you think that they're utilizing this type of a message as a fear tactic? I think that that yeah, I think the, the church has used fear tactics for years and years and years. The Catholic Church throughout history has had all kinds of abuses and has used fear as a way of controlling people. Okay, you know, on. and then there were so many... Hold that thought, hold that thought for me, Carla. We're just going to take a quick word and go to, a, uh, go to a break and just get our sponsor acknowledged, and we'll be right back, everybody, more with okay. Carla Thompson. Don't go anywhere. This is getting really good. Hang tight. Carlisle Toms is an award-winning author endorsed by Meredith Sisko of the Oscar-nominated film Winter's Bone. Carlisle's poetry tells about his own struggles with bullying, abuse, and growing up gay in the rural Ozarks of the 1960s. Carlisle Toms' graphic, historically and spiritually-oriented novels are about trauma survivors, addicts, and those who overcome to find a better way. Yeah, Learn more at carlisletoms.com. That's K-A-R-L-Y-L-E-T-O-M-M-S.com. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's what we haven't been doing. Yeah, you want to ask me that? Yeah. And I'll make a comment. Hello, yeah. and welcome to the ancient future of food. I'm Sky Cubby, founder of Medicinal Foods, your source for the highest potency, highest quality medicinal mushrooms, tonic herbs, living greens, which my daughter actually loves, 10 veggies, four grasses, fermented. We have the coffee break, which yeah, oh is, yeah, is a coffee substitute that actually tastes like coffee with chaga, reishi, and maca. And some amazing chocolate that has the shaman's blend, which gives it a mood-enhancing effect, and so much more. Check out our products at Medicinal. 
dash foods with an S dot com. All right, everybody, how you doing? And welcome back to Spiritually Raw. We are with Mr. Carlisle Toms, and he is sharing his, well, his pretty interesting life that he's got here, right? What do you think, Jay? Is Carlisle going straight to hell? No. Or does no. he have a ticket to the... No, I mean, I think that... I don't think so at all. I mean, I think Why that... Why do you think they're doing this? The, the people that are, like, trying to... Like, the extreme part of it, you mean? Organized religions. Why do you think they're trying to trip everybody's brain out to believe that if you love another soul, whether it be of the same sex or not, that you have a one-way ticket to hell? Well, I mean, I want to use an example. I mean, I'm not going to call anybody's name, but it rhymes with, like, Red Baggard. You know what I mean? <laughs> but okay. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't but, know, but, but, okay. but he's a, But he's a pastor, and he, and he was talking about, you know, oh, just really, right, you know, really, right, right, right. really hating, you know, uh, hating on that Ted well, yeah, Haggard. We, uh, well, I said yes. I wasn't going to say it, but anyway. But uh, but look look at him. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, I think, okay, so I, I think people have their opinions and views, which I think is great. And I think that, you know, there's a level of people that respect everybody else's. Then there's people that are like, you know, hey, you're going to go to hell or condemn you or, you know, protest against you. I think a lot of those people truly are gay. Right, so that's what I, I'm saying. I truly do. I, pers- I personally think that they're fighting their they're own pro- inner demons. Yeah, they're right. projecting that image. They're projecting and their own just... issues, and they don't know how to deal with right, it. So right. they, they, they're like, you know what? I'm just going to put a line in the sand, and this is the way it's going to be because it'll make me feel better about my own issues. Right, that's what that's what I think. That's you know? what makes sense. You know you know how I look at it? <laughs> huh. That makes sense, guys. But, I, you know, like we can argue that from the standpoint of everything that we conflict with in our lives. So... Um, it, that doesn't validate that particular point. So um, I, I just think that it's it's one of those issues that you know what makes a a person is going to be self determining, and the only one that can judge it is God. So uh, and and that's kind of where I respect uh, uh, respect them in reference to choosing a lifestyle that is counter to the way that every other lifestyle is and and then going after it because again the choice is theirs and um, so you know what can i just throw something that i have is the word choice can i can i throw something in there real quick because if you think about Mm -hmm. it from this perspective Carl, I hope you don't mind we're talking about you. We do know you're there. Not <laughs> about him, about just the whole thing. Well, well no, because I'm thinking about it now, and yeah. I, it doesn't make logical sense to me. What doesn't make logical sense? Because if God is pure yeah. love, yeah. and nothing mm-hmm. else, God is pure love. Right. Mm-hmm. He loves the soul, the interior. He doesn't care about the exterior. Right. He cares about what's on the interior. Yes. Right. right. So yep. if, you, if you love another person, you're not loving the exterior, you're loving the soul of the person. So let's say, for example, if you believed in the theory of reincarnation, let's say, for example, and perhaps maybe in a past lifetime, Jay, you were a girl and I was a girl, right? But your soul is still the same. So when you came back in this life... That'd be on like a pay-per-view? Yes. Right. So when you came back in this life, now you decided to, to wear a man's suit in this life, right? But I'm still in my female suit. But your soul, your soul is still the same. So I'm going to be attracted to your soul, whether you're wearing the man suit or the female suit. Female suit. So why would God care if you are loving another soul, regardless of the exterior shell? Carla, what's your vibe on what April's saying there? Well, I've said before that Christianity can be summed up by what Jesus said on the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there are three basic implications of that statement. 
the first statement is that uh, the first implication is that Jesus had so much love, he could forgive his murderers even as they were murdering him. The second implication of that statement is they were not murdering him because they were evil. They were murdering him because they were ignorant. They didn't get it. They didn't understand love. And if they truly understood love, they could not behave that way. And the third implication of that statement is even if you're attempting to murder Christ, you are still forgiven. You know, when you... Go ahead. No, go go ahead, brother. Sorry, you got it. And and I I like the the point that you're making, but... Again, going back to metaphorically, as you mentioned in reference to the Bible, there's a lot of metaphors and and contrasts. So, again, are you telling me that that's the part you you kind of pick up on and believe, but the other parts you don't necessarily buy into it? Well, I think that if you're going to cherry pick the Bible, you need to pick the good fruit and not the rotten stuff. I agree with that statement. All right. about 25 minutes now. I'm an introvert, so I really am very uncomfortable interrupting, but are you going to invite me into the conversation or do I just have to force my way in and be obnoxious? Well, would you like to be part of the conversation? I'm sorry. I thought that I was going to be invited into it at some point. Oh, you have your, yeah, yeah, this is great. This is why we call it spiritually raw because everybody just lets it loose right there. Actually, you're going to have your own segment and you're coming up in just a few minutes, just like Carlisle does. Perfect. Okay, then I'll be quiet. But I do know that that's great, though. I love that. That's what I love about this show. I should have prepped her a little better in the beginning. That's all right. We, we, that's what I love about this show. Though. All right. Anyway, back to Carlisle. All right. So what, what were you saying there, Carlisle? Well, I said uh, if you're going to cherry pick the Bible, cherry pick the good stuff and not the rotten fruit. And uh, I the totally Bible agree is with that. Take anyway. out what you want. Or take what you want and leave the rest. That's right. Leave the rest right. alone. All right. So, everybody, that that is Carlisle Toms. And thank you very much for being on the show, my good friend. That was very good. Very insightful. So, Carlisle, tell yeah. everybody. Let, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let everybody know where they can find out more about you and also, too, where they can buy your books. Well, uh, the new book is going to be available in all major markets. It will be available in bookstores. You may call Barnes & Noble and ask for it. It should be, I found out uh, yesterday, the book should be released within the next two weeks and will then be available in all markets. And uh, other books are available on Amazon. My first books were self-published, and then this one's published by Page Publishing, and it will have broader distributing. All right, right Aww, on, right on congratulations. congratulations. Congratulations to you. And I tell you, 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 know, you know, I mean, congratulations on just, you know, just getting through this, and it sounds like you're pretty, you know, you're pretty resolved with yeah. where you're at in very, life. Very so, balanced. Yeah. I'm on uh, all kinds of uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And then uh, this K-A-R-L-Y-L-E-T-O-M-M-S dot com. All right. Oh, the well, thank you. Everybody well, you check it. him out. Buy his books. Check it out and buy his books. All right. Let's talk about our next guest. What do you say? Well, yeah, she's ready to roll, obviously. Yeah, she is. <laughs> let's get right to it then. <laughs> we won't make her wait another second. Gabrielle Cardana. She is a business coach specializing in personality profile and communication coaching. She says, you know what? Building healthy personal relationships in life is the foundation for fulfillment. Building healthy professional relationships is the basis for success. All right, Gabrielle, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you had that whole segment with 
that guy. I had 25 things to say. You just have to appreciate how professional I am to be quiet that whole time. Oh, I thought Aww. you were great. Oh, we that's should, great. If, I, if I knew that, I you know what? I should have invited you in the beginning if I knew you were going to feel like that and you wanted to join the conversation, but we'll know for next time. Well, I'll tell you what, before you start on yours, do you have any comments about that previous segment? Yeah. Um, the fact is, I, I'm very, very, very Christian, and I'm very, very conservative. My sister is a lesbian, and um, my grandfather was a pedophile, and my favorite, my favorite client's son was born a girl, got a sex change into a boy, and then married a man. <laughs> so mm. I've got just the full, the full spectrum, the wide variety of people in my life, and I personally believe that if you are truly a Christian, you love and do not judge any human for their soul. Amen to that. that. That's you what I'm talking about. I like that. I, lo I love the philosophy. That's the only philosophy that makes sense. What's that? That's what that, that's what I'm, I mean when I say a behavior is not necessarily acceptable, but the person is not the same thing as the behavior. And that's the key exactly. to what I teach. All set, Gabrielle. Mm, Gabrielle, sure. you, you should jump in more often when they're just, just calling the blind. Like, what the hell? Pick me. I want to, I'm, I'm ready to talk. Seriously. It, it, Gabrielle, it, you know, like she's a business coach, so therefore I can tell the CEO very directness from her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know about introvert there, though. I, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My right. father, when I, was, when I was seven years old, my father and I were debating. We used to have quite ourselves the debate, the the conversations when I was a little girl and he said to me he said baby you're a closer and I said I am not what's a closer and he said, it means you're either gonna be a lawyer or you're gonna be a salesman <laughs> uh, you know what and both of them both of them you get Absolutely. to write your own ticket don't you you know which is a beautiful thing <laughs> So let's let's talk about let's talk about you here, Gabrielle, and you know, and thank you for coming okay. on the show here today. And you know, I want to kind of start off with something I've heard about it, but I don't really understand what it is. But can you can you enlighten us when you say people know about Myers Briggs? I, yeah, Not me. I've heard the term, but yeah, I, but I I've heard the term, really but I, I don't really know what it is. Can you can you clarify, yeah, please? Please. You know what it is? It's a personality profile system that a lot of colleges use, a lot of businesses use. It was established. Uh, about a hundred years ago, basically on the, the principle that you are in fact born with a personality. You have a disposition towards natural gifts and strengths and talents and abilities. And I'll summarize it real quickly. It can take you two hours in a seminar. It can take you an hour and a half in a test. I can tell it to you in 30 seconds. There's four parts of your personality, your social energy. You either get it from yourself and spend it on other people, or you get it from other people and spend it on yourself. Then the second one is where you focus your attention. You've got five senses going on all the time and you've got a mind playing with all the stuff that your senses are giving you. You're either focused on what's going on around you or you're focused on what's going on inside of you. The third letter is how you make your decisions. You're either a thinker or a feeler. You either base your decisions on other people's emotional pleasure or the logic and rational um, analysis of information and facts. It would be great if those two things were always compatible, but they're not. And then the last letter, the fourth part of your personality is how you carry out the decisions that you've made. So when you have 
four different dichotomies, that could be 16 different personalities. And a lot of colleges, a lot of businesses, a lot of people in general have used these these tools, these social tools to understand behavior and to work well with other people. But unfortunately, they've been very, very false advertised. They've been very mistaught and they've been very misunderstood. And so a lot of the terms that the use that are used in that system have been misapplied and they've taken out of context and a lot of people have had more problems as a result of the MBTI personality profile system than solutions. But let me just say, I had my 25 year anniversary in July and we're still on our honeymoon. Congratulations. Awesome, awesome. Man, I must be insane. Where everything that you said, you know what, I, I've touched on every one of them. So therefore, and I'm <laughs> familiar with Myers-Briggs, so I am crazy. <laughs> no, that's okay. So am I. It's fun. It's not that bad, actually. It's crazy. Oh, but good. when I understood, I really and truly understood my husband's personality, and I explained mine to him. We have, in 25 years, avoided about 80% of the conflicts that a lot of couples have simply because we understand each other. And then when I had my three children, I raised them in three totally different ways because I had them all profiled by the time they were a year and a half old. Okay, Gabrielle, I can, can, I, can I ask you that? That's very interesting you said that because you said oh, you, you and your husband yeah. have avoided 80% of the conflicts that happen. So can you paint our audience a picture on this? And How'd you do that? Virtual theater. Like, What were those conversations mm -hmm. like when you had to deflect? those 80% of conflict yeah. conversations. I'm taking notes. Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> Please take so good my notes. Husband, my husband is an ESTP. So what that means is he's an extroverted sensory thinking perceiver. That means primarily he wants to do things with his hands and his eyes and his, and his nose and everything that is sensory. And when he's thinking about making a decisions, he needs to not be verbal. So I know that when I'm having the decision of, hmm, gee, should we buy a house or should we rent an apartment? I need to have him standing in the kitchen, probably cutting some kind of produce with his favorite knife because it's a life or death decision. <laughs> when, okay. when, I, when I am asking him if he's willing to take me out to chicken nuggets for dinner, I need to make sure I'm in a really pretty dress, probably sitting on his lap in the living room. You think <laughs> she's taking notes and it's going to deflect against me. I'm going to be the reverse of that one. I tell you. Oh my gosh. And thank you. Thank you for saying that you're the reverse because what you need to understand is I, on the other hand, I'm an INTP. I'm an introverted, intuitive thinking perceiver. When I'm having a really important decision that I need to make, my introverted thinking is my dominant function. I actually need to be in my bedroom uninterrupted with my favorite music in my ears so that I can sit there and, and digest and analyze and synthesize and and apply and reapply and, and then take it apart again and put it back together. And then after three hours of uninterrupted, pure, intense thought, I can come out and say, you know what? I know for a fact that it would be better for me to move to, to Phoenix, Arizona for six months to take this one job with Kaiser Permanente as a presenter. And my, my husband and kids are just like, okay, you know what? You need to not ever talk about it ever. Danielle, hold that thought because I, I want to, we, we got to take a break and get in from our, uh, Gabrielle, sorry. We're gonna, we got to get a break from our sponsors here and um, I'll be right back. And also I want to get, I want to tag more into this. There's a lot to talk about here. So we'll be right back, everybody.
you're going to be successful online, you have to have a predictable system that takes the visitor from just being a visitor to a buyer. Do you need more leads, customers, and sales? If your books and services are not selling and your business is not growing, then you need a website audit to get to the root of the issue. Get a free 20-point website and social media audit report today. self-doubt prevent you from creating the life you really want reclaim control of your destiny and connect to the magic of life best-selling author and motivational speaker lisa j crawford uses her amazing life story to strengthen heal and motivate others from her silent screams to self-empowerment to advocate for victims of sexual abuse lisa crawford takes you on an inspiring journey to overcome obstacles and feel empowered to reach your full potential and discover self-love. The greatest moment is realizing that once you are committed, there is no turning back. Connect with Lisa J. Crawford today. Go to lisajcrawford.com. health, have more energy, and love what you see when you look in the mirror? Imagine creating your thinner self without ordering special foods, products, or supplements, without an exercise program, and without counting calories. David Mandansky won the 2018 Independent Best Book Award for Diet and Nutrition and developed Create Your Thinner Self. In 2016, David was told by his doctor that he had a 95% chance of a heart attack. During the next four months, he lost those 50 pounds and has kept it off. Learn to stop losing those same 10 pounds over and over with the Create Your Thinner Self program. Go to createyourthinnerself.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Spiritually Raw. Gabrielle Cardona, Gabrielle Cardona, Gabrielle Cardona, which I will never call Danielle again because I was just counseled on the break. Oh, my gosh. He was whipped. I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. That's like the 80%, though. That was like the 20% thing. <laughs> so that happened there. So All right, so Gabrielle Cardona. So we were, we were going with this thing. So you're going about, you know, how you, how... And, and is it is it the way you're doing this? Is it actually putting like, for example, when you said, you know, if you wanted your husband to take you out for chicken nuggets, you'd wear a nice dress or, you know, if you wanted him to you'd, you'd put him in the kitchen and certain. <laughs> is it a matter of just putting him in is, is like literally given the feeling of owning that whole moment, like actually kind of like projecting. OK, when when he has he like he associates it. Right. So is that what it is? It's just getting them to associate, you know, what that what that future is going to look like. It's <laughs> that's very that's very good. No, I, I it's a matter of when you are doing certain kinds of activities, you need to do them in a certain kind of a way. Like you know what? Let me let me kind of <laughs> let me give you the example. Another example um, of my my children. Let me if I was in the kitchen and I was doing the dishes, just minding my own business, and my four year old came up to me behind me and said. Mommy, can I play with the matches? 
what what do you think my reaction would be? Hell no. No. Okay, wrong. Mm -hmm. Wrong. I'll tell you why. First of all, because my oldest is an ESFJ, and if he had said that to me, I would turn around, I would put my my sponge down, and I would say, okay, sweetheart, I understand you're angry with me now. I don't know why you're angry. First of all, I'm really sorry that you're this but do you want to talk about why you're angry, or, or do you just, you need me to give you a hug right now? Okay, my daughter is an ENFJ. If she said, Mommy, can I play with the matches, I'd say, all right, now who's really asking me, because I know it's not you. Sweetie, you need to get better friends. I'll tell them no for you this time, but you have to start setting down boundaries. Okay, bring your friend over, I'll say no to her for you, and we're going to talk about finding better friends. If my ISTP son came up to me and said that, he said, Mommy, can I play with the matches? I would say, is your bedroom clean? Let me see. Pull up the, the bedspread. Let me see under the bed. And I'd go over and I'd check under the bed. And I'd be like, wow, yeah, actually you did pretty good. Okay, but just make sure you, own, you use the ones in the box on top of the refrigerator. And as soon as I'm done with the dishes, I'll go out and I'll burn something with you in the backyard. I'm a horrible parent. I would never send any all three in either, yeah, of, the, either of those. <laughs> I wouldn't have been like, hell no, what no, the hell no, are no. you thinking? I said, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> what, what, what would you have said, Sarge? What would you have said? You better go sit down somewhere. Yeah, don't right. play with me. You don't, not, you, you're cut off for the week, no allowance, right? No cash That's this right. week, no cash this week, just for even bringing it up. <laughs> oh, my God. So how long does it take you to profile someone? Mm, me, it only takes me about 10 minutes, and it takes me about six six fundamental questions that I can ask someone. I'll know because a lot of people, they think that what they do is their personality. That's not true. A lot of people do things that are not their personality. It's important to understand when you ask someone, do you do this particular thing? You ask them with the the condition of, and how do you feel while you're doing it? Sometimes you're going to do things in life that are like breathing. They're so natural and they're so healthy that literally if you stopped doing them, you would die. And then there are going to be things that you do are like eating. They're very enjoyable. They're very satisfying. They're very important in order to sustain your life, but you don't have to do them all the time. Then there are things that are like walking. It's not hard work, but it can kind of boring and tedious and it can get exhausting if you do it for an extended period of time, but you're still going to do it. And then there are going to be things that are like running, maybe running uphill, barefoot, in the snow. It's tough. It's overwhelming. It's stressful. It's, it's exhausting. And you know what? Sometimes you don't even necessarily want to go where you're going, but you have to do it. The question is, when you're doing these things in your life, are they like eating? Are they like breathing? Are they like walking? Or are they like running for you? And that's why most people who take the personality profile test get incorrect results because they answer the question based on what they currently do. The question should be, what would you do if you were left the hell alone to do what you really wanted to do? So what's your say? Okay, real quick, let me just grab, get uh, this one in real quick. Ahead. So are you saying that you should understand your personality, obviously, but are you saying you need to, we need to understand everyone else that we're communicating with their personality to. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, well, do. Right. But how does, how would the average person be able to, you know what I mean? Understand, you know, generally the, you know, what the personality type is like, but how can, is there an easy way for someone, a beginner, let's say is or, that, you could give them like little tips to be like, this is this Myers Briggs. She just said that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I said a simple tip. Oh, well, yes. I mean, it looks like this is pretty simple. <laughs> she says 30 seconds. She gave us this some answers. Yeah. 
You, you know? just gave me a challenge. No, you just gave me a challenge. That was beautiful. How many minutes do I have? Because like I said, Myers-Briggs can be a two-hour You have webinar, 20 minutes right? and 34 seconds. Okay, and what I <laughs> I can go ahead and tell you in, in 10 minutes how okay. you can fully understand, and it's simple. Okay, first of all, you're either an introvert or you're an extrovert. Now, really, people think that introvert means socially retarded and extrovert means obnoxious. That's not true. An introvert is someone who gets their energy from within. They generate their energy while they're alone, and then they spend it on the people that they interact with. Mm. This means that they fundamentally have a very few, very close, very intimate relationships. They can like a lot of people, but they're only going to call a handful of people in their life their friend. Yes. An extrovert, an extrovert is someone who enjoys their company, they enjoy social energy, they absorb and absorb and absorb, and they can go for a period of time by being alone, but they'll get anxious and they'll get uncomfortable if they're alone for an extended period of time. That's an extrovert. They're friends with everybody, even people that they don't like. Okay? Got it. Number two. The second one, <laughs> thank you. The, the second one is, are you focused on sensing or your intuition? Sensing is, are you aware of everything that your mind they, I'm sorry, that your eyes and your nose and your mouth and your, your skin, your ears, everything that's going on in your external world around you, your sensory. Or are you more focused on what's going on inside of your head that once your senses have collected all that information and stimulation, your mind is putting together complete thoughts and ideas and feelings, and you're more focused on what your thoughts and ideas and feelings in the future and potential than your intuitive. So Are you more hold that thought for one second. So you have the extrovert and you have the introvert. So taking That's those type sure. of two personalities and what you just said right now, are they, is one type of personality inclined to be like, is the introvert inclined to be more the intuitive? Nope. Oh. They have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with each other. Hmm. Nothing at all. Okay. The second one is an entirely separate function of where do you focus your attention, whether there are people there or not. If you are sensory, you are going to be aware of things in your environment. It's not going to have anything to do with the people. And if you're intuitive, you're going to be focused on what's going on in your mind. And it's not going to have anything to do with any of the people around you. So whether you're introvert or extrovert, that, 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 that's irrelevant how, how intuitive you actually are, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. okay. But can so you uh, align with uh, multiple of those things? No, it's a matter of what you do more naturally. Everybody does everybody does both, and everybody does everything. It's not a matter of what do you do exclusively. It's a matter of which one is more natural for you and which one is more enjoyable for you because everybody at some point is going to do everything. Life is going to demand that you do everything. It's just a matter of what are you going to do the most naturally, the most happily, and the most successfully. And that's why it's important to understand when you're with other people, is this, you know what, I know this is really tough for you. And so I'm going to be so grateful for you for doing this for me, because I know for you, this is like walking five miles. Long. For me, it's like breathing. So okay. using your example with the match, if you have mm -hmm. the extrovert and the introvert, those two examples, how would you, re how, what would you have said to each one of those personality personalities using the match example the match well that would depend on if they were an introvert i i would have said go ahead and play with the matches by yourself um ah, gotcha. extrovert, 
I, if they were an extrovert, I would have said, do you want to have a group of friends over and we can find five different things that we can burn in eight different ways. Got it. Okay, that makes perfect uh, sense. Mm. That's really good. And how long you been doing but this for? Go ahead. <laughs> we always talk at the same time. I, you know, it, 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 does that make us both introverts or extroverts? <laughs> <laughs> introverts aging interrupted. Extroverts, extroverts have no problem interrupting each other. We're just going to do like a virtual rock, rock, paper, scissors, Sarge, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, right. let me ask a real quick question. Now, does one um, have a propensity for being male versus nope. female? Nope. Absolutely not. And that's another one of the reasons why there are so many problems, because a lot of societies, a lot of cultures state that women should be introverted. If you are a good woman, you are quiet. Right. Well, that's not true. That's not true. A lot of men are very introverted. They just are not socially inclined and a lot of women are extremely verbal and they're very gregarious naturally it's important to remember that nature is beautiful in the way that it distributes the gifts and talents and abilities and preferences of personalities exactly the right way in the proportion and the direction that it really is best for the whole earth the world the people in it the plants the animals when people are really and truly aware of their nature that they have a born tendency inclination towards one thing or another when they're true to themselves and they act in harmony with their true nature everyone around them does better everything in their life happens better and the world becomes a better quality place after they have said done or been something in their life okay gabrielle cardona i got it right there going to break here real quick we'll be right back everybody and we're going to find out about uh, gabrielle's the success workbook we're going to find out i'm learning about what that's about so hang tight everybody you do not want to miss this one successful online you have to have a predictable system that takes the visitor from just being a visitor to a buyer do you need more leads customers and sales if your books and services are not selling and your business is not growing then you need a website audit to get to the root of the issue get a free 20-point website and social media audit report today Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Spiritually Raw, Gabrielle Cardona, and we are now going to transition into... I want to know what... I want to know about the success workbook. Well, ask her. She's online. Tell me about your success workbook. Well, what I decided is after about eight years of coaching different kinds of people in different areas of their life in different ways, I needed to put all of the work that I'd been doing that I had experienced personally in my life and professionally as a coach into a book that people could buy because I had people constantly telling me, we need to make 100,000 of you that we can just distribute into the, the whole world one person at a time, you're not going to get your work done. So I said, you're, no, you're right. I need to go ahead and put everything that I've just taught you and the person before you and the person after you on paper and put it into you know a publication. Well, everything that I do with my clients is, first of all, I identify their personality. What is your true nature? Then I help them define in their life where they are. Then I help them clarify and specify where exactly they want to go. Then I give them the tools and resources and skills to successfully reach their goal. When they understand who they are, they accept where they are, 
they embrace where they're going and they feel confident and equipped to actually get to that destination, they're much more likely to succeed. And so that's what my book is. It's all of the, the excuse me, the program that I have and it's all of the different projects and assignments that I give to my clients who pay me $150 an hour. Not everyone can afford $150 an hour. I feel like I just but, had the best uh, therapy session. Don't you though? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Already, my mm. mind already my, feels expanded. My son used to let tell me, people, um, can I just say one thing? This is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. About a year after I opened my practice, my son was going around saying, my mommy's a shrink, my mommy's a shrink. And I say, baby, you got to stop telling people that I'm not a shrink. He turns around one day to me. He says, mom, you're the worst kind of shrink. You're a shrink in denial. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, you know what? A shrink makes you feel bad about yourself. I make you feel good. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, real real quick question because it's, it's fascinating on the success secret uh, uh, that you are doing. What about that person that you come across and, and they have one set of personality, they're doing one thing, and guess mm -hmm. what? They don't match. Do you tell them to quit it, you know, leave right away as fast as you possibly can and do what you love? Yeah, if they're doing something in their life that's not true to their nature, I immediately tell them because what I do is I ask them eight basic questions and I say, you know, okay, so are you this or this or this? And, and they'll answer it and I'll say, no, that's you're not even telling me the truth, are you? And they're like, well, that's what I do. Yes, it is. That's what I do. I say, okay, now calm down now. If you weren't fighting to try to convince me because you know what? If you're really being honest with yourself, you're totally and completely at calm and at peace saying, yeah, actually, this is who I am, and this is what I do, and this is why I like it. Now, let's be honest about what's really going on with you. And half the time when I ask them these questions, and they're like, how did you know that? How did you know that? And my answer is because that's normal for that personality type. That's absolutely mm. totally and completely normal and healthy for you. Just well, you have a good, it gives you the else. best edge. Understanding mm -hmm. personalities gives you the, one of the greatest edges in life. Do you find more, do you find most it, of the people yeah, coming, most of the people coming to you, are they more, would you say, you know, capitalist or more socialist? I mean, how, like, you know, what's their views generally on life? Humanitarian. They're very much about how do I become a better quality person? How do I make my work better? How do I make the people in my life happier? How do I become more constructive and proactive and healthy? Because I got all the will and I've got all of the interest and I've got all of the willingness, but I just don't know what specifically the information is. And I've been going to shrinks. I've been going to counselors and therapists. They answer my question with a question. I want an actual answer. So I give them a specific answer. I give them the great information that they need and then I send them on their way. So are you, so you're like a holistic version of a, a shrink, a shrink. A shrink. yeah a shrink. that's what that's what her kids call her a shrink well no a holistic version i said right. yeah she's a holistic yes. version holistic shrink yeah you're a holistic shrink exactly yes i am can we change the title of the show i think so holistic shrink i like it better yes mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's great so what do you what do you think about you know getting back to what we were talking about earlier and you know just you know i know we got so much to talk about so little time to talk about it in you know, what's your opinion on, you know, can people be spiritual without being religious and can they really do that? Or do you think that really it all just merges together? I think that part of being spiritual is being social. The only thing that religion is, is, is a structured 
collective social way to implement spiritual principles. And I think that most of the churches in this world, they are not spiritual. I don't think the Catholic Church employs really, truly spiritual principles because, believe it or not, the Bible does not teach the eternal torment of the soul. Hellfire is not a biblical teaching. It's a church doctrine that was actually created way after the Bible was written. I do not believe that I do not believe that spirituality is based on church. I think spirituality is based on a collective congregation being loving to each other, based on agreed upon principles that are healthy and proactive and loving towards all of its members. You know what I think? What do you think? I think spirituality comes from within. Period. It does. Like you're your it own does. church? You're your own church. Yeah, yeah. You think so, huh? That's my belief. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't you think there's here. something to fellowship, though? You know what I mean? Just well, being no, no, around that, that. That's something different. That's something yeah. entirely different. I don't even connect that with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying spirituality in general starts at home. Well, it does. It starts I within it home. Yeah. But it did, but it continues to perpetuate and propel and grow only when it is encouraged and fortified within us as people. When we do it with and for and to and around each other, we continue to make it more and better. Do you think there's a literal place, like a literal heaven and a literal hell? Or do you think that's something that's within us, like in our, is our, our own space kind of thing? I believe that there is a physical heaven. And I do not believe there is a physical hell. Now, how can you have one without the other? Because, because I do not believe that the soul is immortal. I believe that when you die, your energy goes out. Your spirit is not your soul. I do not believe that your spirit has intelligence and thought and feeling outside of your body. Spirit enters your body and your thoughts and feelings are physical. You do not, because think about this. Let me ask you this. When people say, I want to go to heaven, all of the things that they want to do in heaven, when they've reached their, their, you know, perfect paradise, they're all fleshly, earthly things. They want to be with people. They want to eat food. They want to listen to music. They want to feel pleasure. We were made to be on the earth as physical humans. And so when we leave when we have no more life in our body, our spirit is just electricity that goes back to what I believe is a divine force. Yes, it actually is a spirit, but it does not have the thoughts and feelings that it had when it was inside of our body. So you're saying that the spirit and the soul are two separate entities altogether. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Sarge, what's your opinion okay. on that? Well, I mean, I I have nothing to say in reference to that because it's identified as three different parts of one thing. You know, uh, like the Trinity. You have a have a exactly. You have a body. You have a spirit, and you have a soul. So, um, so therefore, since it's three things, then um, I I somewhat agree with her in reference to that. um, It will transcend into that space again none of us has been there and when we do get there we can't yell back and tell somebody else yeah right right. (laughs) don't go into the light (laughs) don't do it man (laughs) we've been hoodwinked oh my gosh that's horrible oh gosh oh my gosh that'd be terrible (laughs) so how how do people find you um you can find me on my website www.infinitylifecoaching.com 
and I am also on LinkedIn. I have a page on LinkedIn. Perfect. And the book that that I actually the the book that I made my success workbook, I have it as a physical book, but I have it as a PDF. A lot of people just want their their ebook, and then I also have it as an MP3. I read my manuscript, and a lot of people they just want to hear me reading you my book. You know what? I'm so glad. Really I'm so glad you said that because when you were talking, I was going into a hip hypnotic state. Like your voice is very hypnotic, <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, you know, like it would really sink in to your deep subconscious if she had this on audio. So that's really cool. Yeah, very nice. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, after, this is great. This is great. Gabrielle Cardona, everybody. So we know where you can find her. You, you know, you know, get check out her work, the success workbook. Tell everybody where you can. You already know where we can get a hold of you. Everybody, get a copy of the success workbook. It's pretty good. She's Gabrielle. You're very, very well spoken. It was really, yeah. truly a treat to have you on here today. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much for you, having me. You're quite me. well. I'd also like to thank our. our Carlisle Toms also, and check him out and make sure you guys buy books. It's, it's the holiday season and they make great stocking stuffers too. So just buy them. Okay? Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. I mean, what else are you going to do? You don't have to get out of the house. Just go to the internet and buy them, buy their stuff. Okay, you know where to get it. Okay, I'd like to thank uh, Juan Carlos. Thank you, my brother, for keeping the show together and Coach Sarge Brown. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do some sort of virtual rock, paper, scissors next time. Uh, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure we're, 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 we're one in the same. Yeah, that's, that sounds good there. So anyway, Anyway, I, I, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and you know, hope you really enjoyed the show today because we most certainly did on this end. We sure did, and everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, world peace begins within. Together, we will turn the key to global harmony and create a unified world. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Many blessings. Uh -huh.